Hi, I'm Bonnie Curry, one of the narrators on the Abide app, a premium ad-free biblical meditation experience. Join the millions of people who download the Abide app to reduce stress, improve sleep, and experience the peace of God every day. You can text the word PEACE to 22433 for a 7-day free trial of Abide. Just text PEACE to 22433 and you'll likely hear from me again on the app as I guide you through daily meditations or help you fall asleep and experience the peace of God. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up Podcast presented by Mile High Huddle and 24-7 Sports. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, as always, is your Denver Broncos reporter for 24-7 Sports. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, the first day of the legal tampering period, here we are recording this Monday evening, it was kind of like coitus interruptus. Not a lot happened. <laughs> yeah, we have nothing to talk about in terms of the Broncos, and a lot of Broncos fans are freaking out. I don't really understand it, Chad. I think Broncos country thought LA was going to be like 2014 again and just sign every free agent and make all these trades. I'm not surprised at all there's been a, uh, this, this little activity. There's going to be more, though. I mean, we're, we might have to come back on here and, and talk about a, a last-minute free agent signing, a 11th hour signing. LA yeah. will make his moves on his time. So if all I want to talk about in terms of the lack of free agent movement, all I'm getting on Twitter is a pushback. Why aren't they doing this? No one wants to play for Elway. You guys have to relax. Mm-hmm. It is quiet for now, but it will ratchet up i promise yeah i mean he's basically look at it like this broncos country john elway's letting the suckers spend all the money at the at the blackjack table right right he's just going all right let's see all these dudes spend all this money they've made their overtures they've waited to see what the market is going to set at certain positions they found out that well we'll go through it but long story short is that john elway is just playing it smart he's you know yeah some of the premier players are off the board and the broncos are out on that sure but what you got to ask yourself is, just take Quan Alexander, for example. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, Broncos country wants C.J. Mosley, but do you really think, do you really think the San Francisco 49ers are going to get $13.5 million worth of play this coming season out of Quan Alexander? No. Nope. And so that's the, the lens you kind of have to view this through is, is, yeah, one or two of the, you know, small handful of these big free agents getting signed now, they're going to come through in a big way for their team. They're, you know, they're stars, they're studs. But a lot of them, probably the majority of them, are going to be within two years bus and, and gone from that team, or at least at the, at the very least not performing at a level commensurate with these massive deals they're getting. 
Let's look at the teams that are throwing around this money, though. It's, it's the Redskins and the Jets. These are all basement dwellers. The Broncos aren't in that class, and Elway has always stuck to his guns. And the second wave of free agency, which hasn't technically chat even started yet. It starts Wednesday. I mean, there's still good talent left out there, a lot of it. Amos, Callahan, Juwan James, uh, Mosley. There are, there's players to get for Denver, and time is working actually in their favor now because, as Chad just mentioned, the, the second wave is setting upon us. The first is over now. The big money deals, the first dominoes have already fallen, and now teams recalculate, now agents recalculate, readjust, and the, and, the, and the offer starts to level out. They start to compromise. It will work in Denver's favor. They will land at least one premier guy. Probably Amos, it could be Callahan, but they will come away still. I just cannot believe all the 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 agony and the anguish from Broncos country. It's like I don't know what they expected, Chad. I don't know they they just wanted Owe to spend all thirty six million of the cap on a, a few players. That's right. not his mo, and it was never going to be this offseason. Yeah, and we'll go through it. I mean, there's been a few free agents of Denver's that have been garnering interest around the league, and we'll kind of go through on today's pod, really quick kind of format and go through all the implications and ties and buzz and rumors that happened Monday. But first, just a couple quick matters of business. First off, you guys, I'm under the weather. I'm feeling it, so we're going to try and keep this pod a little bit shorter maybe than usual. My apologies. My throat's kind of weird. My voice is kind of cracky and weird. But a couple matters of business. Uh, Make sure you're following the show on Twitter. Easy to do. Open up Twitter, the app. Find at HuddleUpPod. Click the follow button. Done deal. Also, take some time. Leave a creative review and give us a five-star rating if you're listening to the show on iTunes. Absolutely crucial. We're in the low triple digits on reviews. You know, I think the last time I looked, we were at like 102 or 103, something like that, which is a huge bump up from where we were just a couple weeks ago before the combine. We were at like 80-something. So you guys have come through, but we need you to keep coming through. And there are thousands of you listening to this show each and every day. And it's only a fraction that are rating the show on iTunes. So if you haven't done that, and we understand not everyone's using iTunes to listen to the show, but if you are, please take some time, leave a creative review, give us that five-star rating. Helps us out big time. All right, so Zach, let's go through kind of, not necessarily chronological, but I think maybe the easiest thing to do here is to kind of go through this. We're keeping tabs on what's taking place day one with an article on the front page of the website. You can find milehighhuddle.com. Uh, that is basically, you know, Denver Broncos free agency rumor mill, the legal tampering day one. And we're just kind of going through and addressing every little tie that relates to the Denver Broncos. And we won't necessarily go in chronological order, like I said. So let's just go through these, Zach. We'll serve them back and forth to analyze what it means to the Broncos. Basically analyze this in real time. Even though not a lot of news happened in terms of signings for the Broncos, a lot of dominoes did fall. So let's talk about this first thing here, Zach, in that uh, Bradley Roby is drawing interest, as we expected him to, around the league. James Palmer's reporting that at least five teams, which include the Texans, Browns, Steelers, Niners, and Raiders, are interested in Bradley Roby. We've heard from sources around the league that he's probably set to garner about $10 million per year on the open market. Now, you ask yourself whether or not the Broncos, who were willing to let Roby test the market, obviously this is what the market's spitting back at him, Sounds like to me he's pricing himself out of Denver. I don't see this necessarily. I know the Broncos technically are still interested in bringing Roby back, but the, the bigger that number rises and the more suitors come into the pools, Zach, the less likely he is to return to Denver. Yeah, and, and what Elway and Fangio have both intimated to us at the Combine was they would welcome him back at a reduced rate. It's contingent on him not getting what he wants on the open market. And because of the stupid money being thrown around this year in free agency and the scarcity of cornerbacks in this free agent class, he will get at least 10. And uh, Spotrac actually estimated his contract at 11.5 mil 
annually. I mean, whether you think Bradley Roby is worth that is immaterial. He will get close to that number with with the current market as it is now. It's not going to be in Denver. Um, if he has his heart set in a payday, I think the Browns and the Texans make the most um, sense there. They have the most money. Or if he's going out to revenge, I think the Raiders could be interesting if he wants to get back at Denver uh, with Antonio Brown. That could be interesting there. He does definitely has a market. It just will not be back in Denver. He's going to sign elsewhere. And the bigger his contract will be, the Broncos will get a comp pick back. So it all works out. Yeah, I mean, he's he's definitely cashing in a little bit on what was left over from that no-fly zone sizzle, right? Like, sounds Early. like GMs around the league are kind of going, look, we don't think Roby got the greatest of coaching last year. You know, we've seen him perform at a really high level in years past. And it's kind of the same thing I've said on the podcast that, look, four of the five years he's been a Bronco, he's played well above average as a corner. And yeah, the biggest drawback here with Roby is that he was finally vaulted into starter status, and that's when he had his big, you know, regression. So that's a massive concern. That's why the Broncos didn't immediately wrap him up before he even got to free agency. But it looks like GMs are talking themselves into Zach, the, the basically on the back end resume. You know, he's got more good than bad, so let's roll the dice because it's basically the cost of doing business with cornerbacks in the NFL. I mean, to my eyes, he was super inconsistent last year. At times, he flashed like a first-round pick. Other times, he couldn't even locate the ball in coverage, get his head around. That's just who he is. He's a number two corner in the NFL at most who's about to get paid like a number one. In an ideal scenario, in Denver where he thrived, he was a number three behind Tlaib and Harris. That was his his wheelhouse. To me, though, when he was in the in the you know the CB one role, it didn't really suit him well. But he's gonna get paid like it, and uh, you know, hats off to him. Yeah, and while we're talking about corners. One thing that might affect the market here is, in Zach, you've talked a lot about Bryce Callahan as a fit. There's a lot of reasons why, obviously, with the ties to Fangio. He knows the scheme. He played at a high level last season for the Bears. All indications are that he is definitely moving on from Chicago because the Bears went and paid a different nickel corner, Buster Scrine, on a three-year $16.5 million deal. So that means Callahan is extremely unlikely to return to Chicago. doesn't mean necessarily, Zach, that he's going to end up in Denver. But again, as much as I've said, look, the Broncos already have an elite nickel slot corner in Chris Harris. They don't necessarily need to go spend on Callahan. At the same time, you do have to value his knowledge of the system and comfortability with Vic Fangio. The only thing this means, I think, for sure is that he's not coming back to the Bears. This does not mean he's coming to Denver. He's going to have a lot of suitors. If Bradley Roby has all these interested teams, you know, Bryce Callahan's going to have a bigger market. Um, whether he comes to Denver is contingent on his, on his market, on his price, on his demands. I think considering what defenders and especially secondary defenders are getting nowadays and this day alone, I don't know if he'll be in the Broncos price range. They do have Chris Harris Jr. He is an all pro. He's coming off an injury. They want to extend him, but they have no one behind him. So it's going to come down. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. To, do they want to meet his offer financially, or do they want to look to the draft maybe, or sign a second-tier free agent, maybe someone like Kareem Jackson, rather than hand the best corner on the market in Callahan uh, major money? So um, he will be free now. That's what we know. But I don't think it's a slam dunk at all that he's coming to Denver. Yeah, and I'm a big fan of Kareem Jackson. And Me that kind of leads us to the next here, the safety market, because Kareem Jackson is 
one of the great things about him is he's a versatile defensive back. He was drafted as a first-round pick to play corner for the Texans, and he's, that's how he started his career. And then he's kind of phased more into a safety role, but he can play corner, so he's got that versatility. And it's probably I'm, – I'm thinking the Texans are going to make a strong move to re-sign him after yep. losing out on the Teran Matthew uh, sweepstakes who defected. Now let's kind of go on the safety front. Let's go through this one in chronological order. So a lot of Broncos fans had their hearts set on Landon Collins. We've talked a lot about Adrian Amos, but fans, you know, the high profile former, you know, Alabama Crimson Tide, big time second round pick, all pro Landon Collins. A lot of fans wanted wanted him. Well, he ended up signing pretty quickly out of the gates, or at least agreeing to terms, not signing. Uh, with the Washington Redskins, so he's staying in the NFC East, but he set the market. He signed a, or he's going to sign a six-year, eighty-four million dollar deal mm. with the Redskins, which completely set the market. So before this deal went down, our sources were telling us that the Broncos were hoping and had explored talks with Amos on maybe eight to nine million a year. They thought they could get him locked down. Well, now with that deal and Honey Badger's deal in Kansas City. Amos is probably at bottom going to be looking for twelve million per year, and he might take a little bit of a discount and stick at twelve, and not try and push for fourteen because of the Fangio connection. But that's probably what it's going to take. But you also have to consider. So you still got Kareem Jackson out there, and you still got Earl Thomas out there, Zach. Daniel Snyder really, really screwed the Broncos here by overpaying for Landon Collins because now Adrian Amos, even though he's not as accomplished as Collins, he can turn around and say, listen, I want, if not that number, I want near that number. And I don't see Elway paying a safety $14, $15 million a year. I think the most I agree with you, Chad, would be $9, $10 million. That's to me is pushing it for a defense that has other stars in place already. So he is the best of the bunch, and I'm not surprised Collins landed elsewhere, but it really hurt the Broncos and their leverage as to what they want to do. I don't see him giving Fangio a hometown discount or a Donatel. He's going to get his money, and again, it comes down to Elway having his number and either compromising, which he doesn't do normally, or sticking to his guns and maybe going a different direction. Yeah, I mean, for what it's worth, of the main free agent targets that remain unsigned and that we've talked about, I mean, the main three we always talked about were C.J. Mosley, who we'll talk about next, Adrian Amos, and Juwan James, none of which have been signed yet. So they're still out there, but it's just not looking like the Broncos are actively, aggressively pursuing any of them, with the exception of Amos. Now, they're on the public front. They're not being very loud about Amos, but what we're hearing uh, behind the scenes, for those of you who are VIP subscribers and you've been following our free agency open thread on the MHH Insiders VIP forum, you're learning that, or you know, that the Broncos have been in pretty steady contact with Amos. And just to be honest, I'll be surprised. Here's, here's my take on this. I'll be surprised if the Broncos don't end up with Amos. I don't think they're going to get C.J. Mosley, who we'll talk about next. And I don't think they're going to get Juwan James, but I'll be surprised if he doesn't end up Amos signing with the Broncos at. Yeah, that's one of my more sure locks of this whole free agent period is the Broncos coming away with either Callahan or Amos. And for my money, between the need for it and the familiarity, and even Amos, I think last month said it would be an obvious fit and he was willing to explore it even though he wanted to negotiate with Chicago more. It's just it makes too much sense. So, yeah, I'm with you, Chad. If there's one free agent target who's both a massive upgrade and super realistic, it is Adrian Amos. Um, I just don't know if it's going to come together uh, before he finds another suitor. So let's talk about C.J. Mosley. Now, he remains on the market, but similar to the Landon Collins deal completely skewing the market, Quan Alexander, who's coming off a torn ACL with the Tampa Bay Bucks, got $13.5 million 
from the San Francisco 49ers. Ridiculous money. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. So now C.J. Mosley's going. So you got Quan Alexander now, who's been, I think, to one Pro Bowl in his career, that is now the highest paid inside linebacker in the NFL. What do you think <laughs> C.J. Mosley's going to want? I mean, right. now he's saying, give me $15 million at bottom. And what we're actually hearing is he's looking for 16. Now, let me ask you this, Zach. In a perfect world, the Broncos could afford that with their cap right now. They could go in and afford C.J. Mosley. They could fit him under the cap. And even if they were a little bit tighter than they are right now, their cap wizard, Mike Sullivan, could get creative and come up with a solution. But do you think any linebacker, off-ball linebacker, I'm not counting edge, any off-ball linebacker, including C.J. Mosley, is worth $16 million a year? No, I do not. I think a couple players are worthy of that uh, that number. That's a franchise quarterback and a franchise pass rusher like Von Miller. I would not pay C.J. Mosley $16 million a year. They can go sign Jordan Hicks. They have Josie Jewell. They can they can trade up for Devin White. They have Devin Bush in the draft. There's other options. There's K.J. Wright out there. I would not at all. I like C.J. Mosley, but he's not great in coverage. He's kind of a limited player. He wants way too much money, and uh, he would be an upgrade, but at the cost. I mean, wh- what are you sacrificing, Chad? Right. That's a large portion of your salary cap to a non-premium position. So yeah. to me, I would not do it at 16. I'd come down significantly from that number. It's not going to happen. They're not going to get C.J. Mosley, and I'm fine with that at this point. I would turn my, my plan B, my plan C. Yeah, and I'm with you on K.J. Wright. I'm a big fan of K.J. Wright. Now, Wright has been a pretty uh, consistent and bulletproof player with the exception of this past season. He, he was pretty nicked up. So that's the, the biggest thing, and, and from what we've heard is the Broncos like Wright too – but at the right cost. They, you know, they're just not going to overpay like they're seeing a lot of these teams do right now. Yeah. So, if KJ Wright ends up coming in as maybe that second or third wave of linebackers and the Broncos can get him at a relatively, you know, sane deal, maybe 8, 9, 10 million for KJ Wright, which I think would be worth it because I mean, think about it. Brandon Marshall was on deck to make eight or nine million this past or this coming season if the Broncos were were to have picked up his option. You don't think KJ Wright is at least worth that at bottom with his production? And I mean, talk about a tackling machine and a guy who's played in a lot of high stakes, big games, can cover. I mean, he's he's pretty much everything the Broncos really need. And I could see him thriving under Fangio at maybe almost half the cost of what C.J. Mosley is likely to command. And the last thing we've heard on this too, Zach, is that the Ravens have seen the interest, they've seen the market rise, and they've thus sweetened the pot a little bit for on their offer to C.J. Mosley. So he might end up going back to Baltimore after all. That's what I thought would be a possibility after they rescinded the franchise tag or didn't apply it anyway. But Elway, to me, does his best work in the second and third waves. He did it last year, which Tremaine Brock did a couple years ago with Zach Kerr. Did it last year with Clinton McDonald. He doesn't really make too many immediate splashes. He lets the market come to him. And like you said, Chad, he has a number that he, he typically sticks with. Uh, KJ Wright, to me, he's not the name player as, as Mosley, but he'd be half the cost, uh, you know, come close to that. And to me, he'd be just as effective, and he's better in coverage where the Broncos lack. They have two good run suffers right now in Jewel and Todd Davis. They need a guy in pass coverage. So to me, I'd almost rather pay K.J. Wright and say, listen, C.J., go get $16 million from someone else. I'll pay Wright you know, half of that. Right. And he's, for what it's worth, K.J. Wright is still only 29. Now, compared to C.J. Mosley, he's, you know, whatever it is, two or three years older than Mosley. But he's... A significantly more accomplished player in terms of, you know, playing in high stakes games, winning a Super Bowl with the Seahawks, playing in two Super Bowls. He's only been to one Pro Bowl, surprisingly. Uh, Bobby Wagner, I think, is a little bit more dedicated. His former partner there with the with the Seahawks linebacker partner. But anyway, 
Wright's a guy to, to monitor if things fall through. You know, Quan Alexander was an option, too, for the Broncos, I know, on their radar, but they're not going to pay someone like Quan Alexander $13.5 no. million. Stupid bucks. money. So, no. exactly, stupid money. Now, we still have a few more things to, to get to in terms of Broncos ties. We're going to talk about some of the Broncos' current free agents who are garnering interest around the league. Uh, but before we do, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. All right, so let's talk about Matt Paradis. Now, he was getting interest from the Buffalo Bills and the New York Jets from what we were hearing. Buffalo's off the table. They just signed or agreed to terms anyway with Kansas City's former center, Mitch Morse, which pretty much makes Matt Paradis, from what we're hearing, a lock to the to the New York Jets, probably somewhere around $12 million a year, Zach. Yeah, and that's what his number was, and reportedly he wanted to be the highest paid center and he might get his wish. The dominoes are falling in Paradise's, Paradise's favor and they're falling in, in against the Broncos here. It, it, as the weeks went on, it, it became increasingly unlikely he would come back and now it's almost a certainty. And now they'll move McGon- McGovern excuse me, to center and likely Sam Jones to guard and be in the market in the draft and free agency for guard. So that musical chairs in the O-line, it, every offseason, Chad, we run into this problem and now it'll be at center. Yep, so... And, you know, here's the thing. We've talked about it on the show many times, but with Mike Munchak now in the fold, the Broncos are a lot more confident they can get a similar level of production right away out of either McGovern or Sam Jones than they would be able to with Matt Paradis returning. So why pay that money? They got two young, cost-controlled options. So, I'm, you know, it sucks because I was a big proponent of Matt Paradis being re-signed before he got too expensive and the Broncos waited and waited and chose not to do it. But now that that ship has kind of sailed – I've come to terms with the fact that, look, you know, let him go, move on to what you got on your roster. Now, a couple other things here. Jawan James, let's talk about him. Now, obviously, for those of you who missed it, one of the first deals that was announced on Monday morning was Trent Brown, who was the Patriots' left tackle this past season, signed the richest contract for an offensive tackle in NFL history with the Oakland Raiders, four years, $66 million, set a new market, obviously. And so that affected... Uh, the Broncos' pursuit of Jawan James. Now, originally the Broncos thought that they could get James somewhere in the 10 to $11 million a year range because he's a right tackle, right? He's not a left tackle like Trent Brown. But now it's looking like if they wanted to lock him down, they'd have to move the needle even farther north of that and probably more than $12 million to get him. So it sounds like to me, I know they've kicked the tires on Jeremy Parnell and kind of came back with that sounding a little bit too expensive. It's more and more likely, I think, Zach, that Jared Veldier or, or or Billy Turner, who we'll talk about next, is going to be re-signed and brought back to play right tackle. Yeah, it's going to come down to money, and again, it's going to come down to Elway's number. And Jawan James, a great player, they wanted him last year. They almost traded for him before they traded for Valdir. Uh, it didn't it didn't happen because the Dolphins retained him. But he is a good player. But at that cost, though, again, could you really afford to pay a right tackle that much money with the Broncos cap situation? With with they have a, a center spot to fill now. I don't know. But they do have other options, and Valdir is in their back pocket. They are negotiating with him. So if, if worst case scenario. We know they can bring back a solid right tackle for a fraction of the cost yeah. who will work with the best OL coach in the business. So even if they strike out on Jawan James, I'd be upset, but it wouldn't be – it'd be far from the worst-case scenario with Valdir as the plan B. So Billy Turner has been garnering interest, especially from the Arizona Cardinals, and it makes a lot of sense not only because he flashed as a starter at multiple positions this past season, but Vance Joseph, who coached him and was a big fan of him both in Miami – and in Denver, is now in Arizona. So 
it wouldn't surprise me to see Billy Turner end up with the Cardinals, but the Broncos are hanging in there. The last thing we've heard from our sources is that Billy Turner's number right now is about $8 million a year. Mm-hmm. So if the Broncos want to pay that much for Turner, that's God. what it's going to cost. Now, here's the thing you got to consider, though, Zach, is, yeah, you know, a year ago the idea of paying Billy Turner $8 million for a single season, you know, would sound ridiculous, right, and astronomical. But the value he presented the team last year as a swing guy – I mean, no matter where they lined him up, right tackle, right guard, or left guard, he played at a pretty high level. So he brings that versatility. He can either step – I mean, at that money, you're paying him as a starter. He's starting somewhere, right, if you ended up re-signing him. So the question would be where. If you re-sign Billy Turner, probably means you have plans for him to be your right tackle. That's exactly what I was going to say. And if he has that number, that starter caliber money, and I think the reason negotiations fell through between the Broncos and Turner is because he sees himself as a starter or wants to be, and the Broncos don't share that sentiment. They want him back as a swing guy. That's too much to pay a swing guy. As a starter, yeah, but I don't see him in a starting capacity. Great, great depth guy. Can play all positions. Good guy to have on the roster. I would just not entrust him to be my starting right tackle for all 16 games. And I think the Broncos also share that feeling. Yeah. One guy to keep an eye on, kind of low-key, a little bit more under the radar, is TJ Lang. Now, a couple seasons ago, a couple off-seasons ago, when he was coming off of his the, the beginning of his career as a Green Bay Packer, the Broncos were in on those sweepstakes, ended up being a little too sweet for them, and he signed with the Detroit Lions. Now he's a street free agent. The Lions released him. And from what we're hearing, they're kind of kicking the tires and sniffing around TJ Lang. But the problem you have with that, Zach, is he's a guard, right? He's an interior player. And the Broncos are already on the hook for some pretty solid coin on Ronald Leary. But the way you could kind of convince yourself to make a deal with TJ Lang is you're comfortable with him, obviously. The Broncos have liked him for a while. And you're not sure yet whether or not Ronald Leary is going to be able to bounce back from that Achilles. Yeah, that would be more of a luxury signing considering they have McGovern and Sam Jones, who they're very high on. Uh, Lang would be a good option there, though, if they want to upgrade the interior. And also Mike Remmers from the Vikings, he was cut today. That's another solid option there. But it, they have to prioritize, to me, a tackle more with, uh, you know, Jawan James out, out in the open and Veldier and Billy Turner. They have to get that locked down because it's haunted them for so long. So I would prioritize that a little more than a guard, I'd say. Yeah. So last thing I think to touch on, and then we'll call this one a day, is Shaquille Barrett and Shane Ray have garnered some interest from what we've heard around the league. The, the Jets, surprisingly, we know that they need edge rushers. They were in on Ray for a minute, and then something changed their minds, and they moved on. Now, Barrett, you know, he's looking at the deals that guys like Trey Flowers and Dante Fowler got, and he's going, look, I'm, I'm in for a payday, but he's probably, you know, as a guy that played behind Von Miller and DeMarcus Ware for all those years, and now Bradley Chubb, I'm not thinking he's going to get upwards of 14 or $17 million a year like the, those two previously mm-hmm. mentioned guys. But I still think he's in the range of nine to ten million somewhere once the chips fall. Yeah, and once that second wave of free agency really starts to take hold the next couple days, he'll start getting his offers now, and he's going to get a nice chunk of change, a nice payday. I'd love for him to come back to Denver in a backup role. It's just not in the cards. He's going to price himself out of the range, and he'll have a big market, and certainly bigger than Shane Ray, uh, who to put nothing on tape as far as I'm concerned. And I'd be surprised if he landed more than a one-year deal, like a prove-it deal for this year. But Barrett will land a multi-year deal. Uh, he deserves to be a starter. He thinks he should be a starter. And to me, Chad, I think he's earned the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Keep an eye possibly on the San Francisco 49ers as a, as a suitor for Shaquille Barrett, unless they've already run out of money because they've kind of spent a lot. But here's the, the, final, the final takeaway to think about here with regards to the Broncos. 
heading into day two of the legal tampering period is, you know, you're seeing all these these dominoes fall, right? And you think, oh, the Broncos are missing out on all the blue chippers, but they still have close to $40 million in available cap, okay? So once the dust settles and these teams who just spent all this money, suddenly these other teams, Zach, they are very much restricted in the in the checkbook. They can't go out and be as aggressive. And teams like the Broncos, teams like the Patriots and others who have played it kind of safe and slow early on, they're going to be able to wield a lot more power and kind of pick up some of these value signings that end up possibly paying bigger dividends down the road. Like, you know, no one, for example, expected Emmanuel Sanders to be the player he was when the Broncos signed him in 2014. And the same goes for a player like Darian Stewart the next season. I mean, Stewart was brought in on a two-year deal. I think it was worth like $5 million bucks that season. And so he obviously, right out of the gates, outkicked his coverage, helped the Broncos win a Super Bowl. So the Broncos are here in the next few days and the next week, basically. They're going to be able to be players but some of these blue chip elite guys, they're letting them go off the table. But there's still plenty of difference makers out there, Zach, that the Broncos can target and work with and bring into Denver to team up with their new coaching staff. Again, what I was going to say, it's like how can any Broncos fan or anyone think there's no blue chippers out there or they're all gone when you have Amos and Callahan and Jawan James and Mosley? These are all players that would immediately contribute and start for the Broncos and help them. And these are all players who, as more time passes, their value actually decreases. You talk about the second day now, then you can get a potential steal like an Amos at a, a slightly reduced cost just as supply and demand. The teams are recalculating. They're surveying the lay of the land now. And you touched on that, Chad. These contenders, the real smart teams, sit back and let the dominoes fall and, and pick up from, from the rubble and from the ashes. They don't be impulsive like the Redskins and the Jets. That's not what Elway does. So for any Broncos fan who's surprised about this, I just can't understand that. Elway was never going to come out with blank checks and guns blazing. He's calculated, he's measured, and he's very, very shrewd. That's just who he is. Now, it, it certainly helps them, though, that players like Amos and Callahan, they're not signed yet. Going into tomorrow, it could help them. I still firmly believe they will come away from this period with one blue chipper, quote-unquote, like Amos or Callahan, and then a couple second-tier guys. They will fill the holes they have and then go into the draft and go BPA. That was always his plan. But what he was never going to do, Chad, was just willingly throw out this stupid money that other teams are doing just for the sake of doing it. That's not his M.O. Yeah, and even the year the Broncos really crushed free agency in 2014, we talked yesterday about that $25 million they had to work with. I mean, he wasn't Elway giving out ridiculous contracts. I mean, the biggest contract really that he gave out in terms of competing was the one to Aqib Tlaib. But Tlaib wasn't even his first choice. He wanted to bring back Dominic Rodgers-Cromartie first, except – DRC kind of rebuffed him. And so he said, all right, moving on, go grab Tlaib, and the rest is history. DeMarcus Ware was a kind of a last-minute thing after the Cowboys uh, cut him. TJ Ward, I think, if I'm actually thinking back on it now, he was one of the first dominoes to fall. So really it was Ward and, and Tlaib. Ward was a Tier 1. Tlaib was Tier 1, but he wasn't Elway's first choice. That was kind of the fallback option. So, you know, you look at it now, Zach, the other thing to talk about is the tight end market. Three tight ends went off the board on Monday. You had C.J. Uzoma from Cincinnati. Um, he's off the board. Tyler Croft signed. Er, so Uzoma, or Uzoma, how do you say that? I'm, I'm not sure. Anyway, he re-signed with the Bengals. Tyler Croft, former Bengal as well, signed with Buffalo. And then Jesse James, former Iowa player from uh, Pittsburgh, signed with Detroit. So that's another hole that you can expect, Zach, the Broncos to look at filling here in the next few days as well. 
Yeah, and the James signing, that one stung for me. I've been preaching patience, and I've been saying the Broncos are fine, but I really wanted Jesse James. Uh, he's a, a great blocking tight end, a good pass catcher, worked with Mike Munchak. I mean, it just made a lot of sense. So that one stung, but there's other tight ends there. But to me, what's surprising, a player like Tyler Croftshad got paid, and I don't think the Broncos are going to shell out that much money when they're still kind of hoping that Bud and Fumagalli can work out. And the worst-case scenario, they can turn back to Jeff Ironman yeah. if he doesn't get signed. They can offer him a short-term deal. So they're going to be in the market for them too, but that's what I'm saying. They're going to get one premier guy, I think a defender, and then fill those holes with mid-tier guys. That's when Elway strikes best. But one thing Broncos fans are forgetting, his favorite thing to do, Elway, is trades. He makes those trades out of nowhere. He targets a guy that no one else saw coming, and he makes his move and gets his man. So uh, he's going to add to this roster. I just want to preach one more time to Broncos country not to panic, not to give up, not to cancel the season. They're going to make their moves. They're going to fill their holes. But Elway has a plan, and I promise you he's following it. By the way, Zach, it was kind of funny to read some of the comments on that YouTube video we uploaded from the Facebook Live we did on, on the Combine it on was. YouTube. And we were kind of mischaracterized a little bit. Yeah, it's kind of funny, too, because we talk about it like, you know, on Facebook, we have, as a, as a website, our social following on Facebook, we have over 600,000 followers on Facebook. And you think, oh, well, everyone should all everyone in Broncos country knows who we are. Well, not necessarily. They've not seen our faces like there's people who listen to the podcast every day who don't necessarily know what we look like. And we uploaded that video and they're like, oh, they're, they're connecting faces to voices for the first time. And it's just kind of funny to see how people reacted to that. Yeah, and skin tone, apparently. What was one of the comments? I was white. Imagine I was white, clean shaven and uh, blonde. Blonde, right. right. So you got one out of the three, so that's a pretty good guess. Yeah, someone made fun of my hairdo as well, which I don't have one. I'm, I'm one all of those, those guys. I just shave it. Just Those not. YouTube fashion stylists, man, they're just that's coming right. after us. But hey, that's going to do it for today's episode of the Huddle Up Podcast. We'll be back on Thursday to probably break down a lot more you know, actual meat and potatoes of Bron- the Broncos making moves, signing players. In the meantime, you can look for an episode of Building the Broncos on Wednesday. That'll be a good one. I'm not sure what they're talking about, but stay tuned for that. Also, make sure you're following the show on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod. Do your duty. Make sure you leave a creative review. Rate the show on iTunes. You can find Zach on Twitter, at Kelberman247. Myself, at Chad and Jensen. Make sure you just hang in there, you guys. Let the dominoes fall. John Elway's not going to sit out free agency. They got some money to spend, so hang in there. In the meantime, for Zach Kelberman, I'm Chad Jensen. We'll talk to you soon. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.